Welcome to the 21C Ministry Podcast, where we're all about encouraging, equipping, and empowering Christian pastors and leaders. In this series, we're going to focus on biblical leadership and ministry conversations that help us all deal with the unique challenges of the 21st century. In every podcast, we'll do our very best to be authentic, straightforward, and practical. We're glad to have you with us today. Let's get started. Hi, this is Steve White. I am a pastor, consultant, author, father, husband. Uh, it's an exciting life. Uh, great, <laughs> yeah. great to be here talking once again about leadership in the church, uh, how the church can can respond to culture. I'm joined again today by Jared White, who is a worship leader in his own right and mm-hmm. is studying to be a full-time pastor uh, and in a way that makes it just that much more exciting for me. He's my son. So we have some great conversations together. It's good to have you back. Oh yeah, I'm excited, especially this conversation, the church's response to shifting culture and you know, how should we act as um, both like the institution and like church body itself, especially, because uh, this is something that you have worked with a lot of pastors on. It's something that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. It's something that really, I think the past three episodes are building to now even. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to hear what your thoughts are on the matter. Uh, and so, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, th- and I think you nailed it. One of the things that, that tends to happen in, in my experience working with churches mm-hmm. and, and just my, my natural response is we hear that something is changing. And so we look to the institution of the church mm-hmm. and try to decide how we should do things differently. What, are, what new programs should we have or how can we tweak the programs that are existing and those yeah. kinds of questions. How, how do we, what new staff member do we need to do that <laughs> thing? And the focus is on doing things. And what, I th- what I'm seeing is our focus needs to, to change to, we need to focus on being the church. Right. It is in in the previous culture, we just because of the way culture worked, the values, the you know, all of the stuff that we've talked about in previous mm-hmm. podcasts, it it made sense to do things. That was kind yeah. of the way culture was structured. So it was not a bad way to to accomplish things. Mm-hmm. But the emphasis slowly became doing church, and we shifted sort of subtly away from being the church. One of the things that has to happen as culture has shifted around us is we've got to get back to focusing on being the church, Mm -hmm. looking at some of those New Testament passages about what what scripture tells us to be less than what it tells us to do. Uh, Because scripture does not tell us a lot of specifics about how to do church. Most of that is culturally driven stuff that works in one place and, and we just kind of slowly start to attribute spiritual significance to a program rather than to what the program is trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So anyway, as I've, as I've looked at this whole thing, interacted with pastors all over the country and uh, read everything I can find to read on this stuff, I kind of, in in true previous culture pastor style, came up with the, you know, the three points, all which start with <laughs> E, uh, but it helps me remember stuff. So as, as I'm looking at the, the church's response to shifting culture, this new culture of the 21st century, I see three things that we've just got to do. We have to embrace our responsibility as the church. 
We have to equip people in new ways and we have to engage society. So we've got to embrace our responsibility, equip people and engage society. And we already sort of started to talk about what I mean by embracing our responsibility. That's the Mm -hmm. being the church rather than it. it, It's not that we're not supposed to do anything, but our emphasis has got to get back to who are we supposed to be as the community of the gospel, as followers of Jesus, as this chosen people, who are we supposed to be? What's that supposed to be like? Mm -hmm. And I got... I got some inspiration for that just personally as I was reading about a year ago, more than a year ago, Acts chapter two. And there's that passage in Acts chapter two that almost all churches everywhere have looked at. You know, what was the what was the New Testament church like? What did they do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for those of us who are leaders in the church and have been that way, there's that passage. And it's it starts with, well, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to and, and it goes on from their prayer and, and fellowship and breaking bread. And I have, with my previous culture mentality, I have always read they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching as they studied really hard to know what the apostles taught. Right. The apostles' teaching I equated with content. As I was going back over this, looking at, at it in fresh eyes with a new culture, I realized, yeah, you got to have the content. If you don't know what they taught, you know, then you're not going to be able to devote yourselves to it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is they devoted themselves to living what the apostles taught. Yeah. Again, you've, you've got to devote yourselves to the content acquisition. You have to know what they taught. But in the context of that passage, it's not talking about what I tend to think of. It's not talking about how much can I learn about what they said. It's Mm -hmm. what do I do with it? How do I live it? What does it, what, what kind of a person am I if I am devoted to those apostles teaching to what scripture says? Right. And, and James one talks about, you know, we can't be, uh, just hearers of the word. We need to be doers of the word right? because uh, somebody who knows the word, but doesn't do it as like a man who looks intently in the mirror and then walks away and forgets what his face looks like. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and so much uh, unintentionally and, and in ways that did work in a previous culture, mm-hmm. so much of our churches, the institutional side revolves around content, right. teaching stuff, hearing stuff, writing stuff, learning stuff. And, if we're going to address these new cultural issues as the body of Christ, we have to reprioritize. We have to embrace our responsibility to be the body of Christ. To mm-hmm. th- That whole Acts chapter 2 discussion is not about what did they do. It's about how did they live life together? Right. They went to church together. They ate together. They prayed yep. together. They All of that stuff has this mm-hmm. nature of togetherness. And that is a responsibility that we have to embrace as the church in the 21st century. So so that's, that's that first piece. And I will gladly embrace the responsibility to eat food together anytime. Yes. See, there you go. I mean, <laughs> yeah. one of those weird, you know, we, in the, in the previous culture, we would look at that and they would break bread together. Well, that's a mm-hmm. picture of, of communion, the last supper where literally yeah. they would break bread and share it in the context of Acts chapter two. Yes. They probably did have a, a 
sort of service of communion, a ceremonial piece to it, like Jesus and his disciples did. Mm -hmm. What that's really telling us is they were sharing food together. They were actually eating together on a regular basis. And they were adding a, a spiritual element. It was an act of communion, if you will, mm-hmm. with God and with each other to do so. They didn't just sit down and have dinner and then go home. They It, it was an intentional spiritual experience of communing together with an emphasis on Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, shift, it's one of those things we've got we've to kind of shift our mindset to as culture changes around us. Yep. That will put us in a position to actually try to figure out the best way to say reach mm-hmm. a new culture because it's it's not just about reaching out and pulling people in. That we'll mm-hmm. get to that in a minute, I think. But uh, how are we going to share and show the love of Christ? We've got to do that by rethinking the way we live as followers of Christ. Right. So that's right. the embrace our responsibility part. Uh, the The next thing that really has struck me as I've looked at all this is we've got to equip our people. Mm-hmm. Uh, as leaders, we've been given responsibilities within the church. And so often, because of the way we have designed the institution, the organization, it inadvertently becomes about us. The right. whole point of church quietly gets to see gets gets around to let's see how many people we can get in the seats so that they can listen to us because well we're leaders mm-hmm. and that's not really it's not wrong to have a big church and to try and you know serve the people who come and want to see growth quantitatively but that's not really mm-hmm. the point right. uh, we we stumbled into organizations that try to grow quantitatively and make people feel good so they'll bring friends so that more people will come mm-hmm. and hear us so that we can make them feel good mm-hmm. uh, and as i read ephesians and a, a number of other places yes. really where it talks to leaders it talks about equipping people that yep. ephesians pastors you know ephesians passage where uh, where paul says you know in the context of spiritual gifts god gave people who are apostles prophets pastors and teachers to the church in order to equip them yes so if if i'm a leader in the church my job is not to get people to follow me Right. My job is to equip them. Yes. If we're going to do that, if we're going to actually equip people, we may, not may, that's too soft. We must, mm-hmm. we have to rethink the way we do the organization of church. Yep. But we're structured from top to bottom to make sure that people learn what the apostles taught, to learn scripture. But then that becomes a bizarre cycle. So I mean, just one quick example that just pops into my mind every time I have this conversation. Think about Sunday school, children's Sunday school. Kids' Sunday school needs volunteers to staff it. And Mm -hmm. the starting point, of course, is we want children to understand Scripture so that they can grow in their faith, so that they can mature as they get older, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In order for that to happen, we need volunteers. Mm -hmm. Well, then, in order to get volunteers, we have to grow the church so that there will be more people volunteering which then Mm. grows the kids ministry, which means we need more volunteers to do Mm. that. And very quietly, we lose our focus from drawing people to Christ and we shift it to drawing people to the church because after all, we need people to run Sunday school, right? Wow. 
Yeah. I, and, and that happens in a lot of programs. It's easier to see for me in kids programming where it requires a lot of volunteers. It requires a lot of people to make a real committed difference in the lives of kids. Mm-hmm. But then we lose our focus and it becomes about getting people to church instead of discipling children. Mm-hmm. There's things like Sunday school. One of the big ones for me, because it hits home personally, we have to rethink the job of a pastor. Yeah. The pastor has, again, this was appropriate in a previous culture, not perfect, but there is no perfect in, in any culture. But the role of the pastor in a lot of churches has become the central feature of the church. The church is centered on the position and on the person of the pastor. Mm-hmm. He's the one who's up front and tells us what to believe. He's the one who runs the meetings and tells us how we should think and what we should do. And 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 again, that that was an effective model in a previous culture. But it is one, it's less effective in our in the current culture. Two, it misses some key things of, of scripture. The role of the pastor is not to do the work of ministry. It's to equip people to do the work of ministry. Right. Uh, and when we as leaders make it about us. Mm-hmm. we're not only missing our own calling, we're doing a huge disservice to the people that we're, that we're trying to lead because mm-hmm. our job is to equip them so that they can do the works of ministry God has called them to. When we don't do that, we're bad leaders. That's our, right. our job is to do that and mm-hmm. we're not. So I look at things and go, okay, so key for me, uh, and this is controversial, probably more <laughs> controversial for people in my culture, the pastor is supposed to do the visitation because pastors know how to do that. Hmm. And, and I always go back and think, okay, why is the pastor the one? Not, not mm-hmm. that it's wrong for a pastor to visit someone in the hospital or something like that, but why is that the pastor's job? Right. And often when I'm talking to pastors, the response will be, well, that's, that's, I'm trained to do that. I know how to do that. I have a Bible degree. Yes. And, and I've got experience and people expect me to come. And, but I think now, if you're the only one who is trained to visit people in the hospital, whose fault is that? Mm. Mm. Which then of course comes back to me because I'm a pastor. And if I'm the only one who's trained to visit people in the hospital, that's my bad. My job right. was to equip other people to do the work of ministry, not to do it yeah. on, not to do it for them. So, so we have really, we've got to think through how we do it. Again, it's not mm-hmm. about doing as much as being, but there is a doing element. There is an organization, an institutional Definitely. side of church, and and but that has got to be reconsidered mm-hmm. from top to bottom. Think in yeah. programs and processes and. Uh, approaches that we have long held dear in the church. Uh, mm-hmm. Just they've, we've got to rethink those and be willing and be courageous enough to jettison them if they're not working anymore. Yeah, that also makes me think of uh, when, you know, maybe a group of Christians are gathered and they're like, oh, let's pray for our meal or, hey, could somebody pray for us? And they're like, oh, hey, so and so, you're the pastor. That means that you should pray for us. Or like even me, they're like, Jared, you're the pastor's kid, so you get to pray. Or right. sometimes, Jared, you're the worship leader, so you should pray. Yes. And like, the, like somehow you're supposed to be better. Exactly. Yeah. Like as if they think that my prayers or, or a pastor's prayers count more. Whereas prayer, for example, that's every Christian's almost, you know, core responsibility, mm-hmm. you know. 
uh, Jesus even took time to like isolate himself and just pray. He spent 40 days in the wilderness, having been led by the spirit there to fast and pray. Um, And so we know that we have to pray. We know that we should, you know, visit people when they're in the hospital or going through something. We should be there for them in all of those moments. And it's not like people who are paid Christians, it's not like they have some anointing that not every Christian can have or does have. So, and you think like who equipped those pastors, you know? Right. It's not like they were born with a, a Bible in their hand and an ability to preach and just a supernatural knowledge of the, right. of the word. They, they learned it. They studied it. Exactly. Well, and, 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 and again, it, it hits me personally and, and really should hit all of us if we start thinking about it. Those of us who are leaders, when somebody looks, when somebody looks at me and says, well, you should pray you're the pastor. Mm-hmm. That should put a check on my spirit because if mm. I'm their pastor, I'm the one who should have not just taught them how to pray, but help them understand that it's not the professional's personal responsibility to pray for everyone. I mean, that's right. part of the job. But if they feel like they can't pray, that's my bad as mm. a leader. And and that should just mm. Mm just really caused me to pause every time something like that happens. That's my bad. That's really convicting. Yeah. But moving on to the third point. So we've got the the whole part about embracing our responsibility, really making sure that we've got in, in, in front of us, foremost in our minds. It's not about doing church. It's about being. It's not about content acquisition. It's about living as the community of the gospel in such a way that it makes mm-hmm. a difference in the world around us. Then there's the whole equipping piece. And as we talked about, it's going to, we're going to have to rethink the way we do the institution and the programs and refocus the whole philosophy of how we do it from pastor centric to we're all priests. It's called the priesthood of the believer in scripture. Like you said, there's not some special anointing on a pastor. Uh, We all have our own unique gifts and our job as leaders, whether it's pastor or some other role is to equip people not to do it for them. Mm -hmm. So that then spills in for me into all of that so that we can engage society with the gospel of Christ. And mm. the shift there, the, the part that's new, if you will, is it used to be that people would be drawn to the church where they could be embraced, welcomed, loved, discipled. Increasingly, as we talked about in previous podcasts, people are pulled away from church. And so what I see in a lot of churches, uh, particularly some of the, the more traditional churches that have been around a little longer, is this almost flailing around trying to get people to come visit their church and then getting really, mm-hmm. really concerned and frustrated and, and almost frightened in some places. Why aren't people coming to my church? How are we failing? And yeah. our responsibility is not so much to draw people to us, but to go where people are. I mean, follow the example of Christ mm. and engage the society that we live in. And there's a couple of key things for, mm-hmm. uh, with that for me. One is, for lack of a better term, maybe it's a profound term, I'm not sure, intergenerational discipleship. We know biblically 
that those who are more spiritually mature and to some extent more chronologically mature have a personal mm-hmm. responsibility to be a part of intergenerational discipleship. Mm-hmm. And what we have forgotten, I think, and need to get back to as culture shifts is that kind of goes both ways. If I'm discipling someone, it's not me sharing my profound wisdom so that they can be better. It's there's a mutuality to it. Yes, I've been down this road and we talked in the last podcast about being a tour guide. I've been down this road. So part of my responsibility is to journey with Mm -hmm. someone. But along the way. I'm picking up excitement and curiosity and answers I haven't thought of. And there's a mutuality I'm learning. I may be more spiritually experienced and just plain older. So I've got more life experience Mm -hmm. than someone who's younger. But that doesn't mean there's nothing for me to learn from someone who's younger. And so part of this discipleship is going to be a new attitude of humility Uh, on both sides. The the younger generation, and this is true, has always been true. It's not unique to culture shift. There's a sense of I'm 19, I'm 20. I know every, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay. I got this. I don't need, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're from an older generation. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse get Just, I know how to do this. Get out of my way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and so the humility has to be on both sides. I think it's difficult for both sides to get into that kind of a conversation. It's easy to talk about the importance of discipleship and look back at Titus and other places. How do you actually do it? What do you walk up and say, hi, can I disciple you? Because, you know, I'm Hmm. really smart. Um, So here's here's what I suggest to people who are going, I don't even know how to do that. What you do if you're if you're the the older person in the in the potential discipleship relationship, you simply walk up and say something like, you know, in our short conversations, I've just really been impressed with your insight into life and stuff. Can I buy you a cup of coffee or depending on your culture, bubble tea or something? Can I buy you a (laughs) cup of coffee? Because I would just like to hear your thoughts on what's going on in the world around us right Mm -hmm. now. That's good. Well, I have yet to have anybody turn down a free cup of coffee where the whole point is for them to talk to me. To yes. share their opinion. Right. Now, the trick, of course, is I actually have to listen. It has to be <laughs> yeah. a genuine invitation. If I'm not interested in your opinion, I shouldn't take you out for tea and pretend mm. I am. Um, and my job is not to change or instruct some of that, but it's to develop a relationship. So it's a simple, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Because I would really like to hear more of some of what I tend to hear when when mm-hmm. I just hear you talking to your friends. You, I, I'd like to hear more of that. Mm. And then there's a humble, you listen more than you talk and you be patient because it takes time for relationships to develop. Sometimes you'll go out and have a cup of coffee and go, yeah, that was that. I'm glad I did it, but it didn't really click. Mm-hmm. Other times that was really cool. Can we have another cup of coffee? Right. Uh, and right. then the same thing, you know, those of you who are in the younger generation, find somebody that you go, you know what? He's actually, or she, they're not, I'm seeing some maturity. There's some life experience. There's some cool yeah. stories there mm. and do yeah. the same thing. Hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Because mm. I just, I'd love to hear a little bit more, maybe a longer term discipleship mentoring, mutual accountability, growth relationship happens. Maybe it was just one nice cup of coffee, but you got to start with something that simple. Uh, And part of that then is that we have to share 
our cultural awareness. If we're going to engage with society around us, we've got to be paying attention to it and we have to be willing to go out and be a part of things, join mm-hmm. a board, interact with somebody who you don't agree with, mm, yeah. uh, have coffee with somebody in a different culture or a different generation. Just we have to get out of the Sunday school classrooms to overstate it yes, and engage with the people that aren't already part of our little sphere of influence within church. So those three things, mm-hmm. embrace responsibility, equip people, engage society. I think yep. each one of those, that's that both ways for like the older culture and for the newer culture Yep. for us youngins. I think that's just all of those things. I think all of us as leaders and Christians should really pick up and, and work on. Absolutely. If anyone listening wants to maybe go deeper into these topics or any more of your content, where can they find you? Well, I would love to connect with you. Uh, Steve White 21C is my Facebook uh, identity. So just find me at Steve White 21C. Uh, we can message uh, all kinds of stuff there. That's just a really good place for me. Uh, you can also read more specifically about this whole cultural shift thing. Uh, my book, Shift Church in the 21st Century, is available uh, hard copy or Kindle copy on Amazon.com. You can find it Church uh, Shift Church in the 21st Century. So, and you know, it's, it's interesting just as a, my kind of quick concluding thought, I, I, mm-hmm. I keep coming back to, we are perfectly positioned as the church to get the results we're getting. Mm. If we want to get different results, we have to become more of the people God has called us to, and we have to live yes. life in a different way. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 21C Ministry Podcast. If you found it helpful, please like, subscribe, leave a review, and invite others to join us because we always grow and learn better together. And don't forget to follow Steve White 21C on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all of Pastor Steve's latest content. We'll see you next time encouraging, equipping, and empowering Christian leaders in the 21st century.